0: on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast. This is your host Matt Shook, and this is the episode for Monday, January 22nd after two straight Gun wrenching losses at home for the crumbling Detroit Pistons. You can follow me, Matt Shook, your host, on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that, Lockdown Pistons account as well. And we got a Facebook page now. I converted my journalist page to one on Facebook, so check it out. Lockdown Pistons-Matt Shook as well. We'll be breaking down the Pistons' latest losses at home against the Washington Wizards and the Brooklyn Nets over the weekend. But we'll be talking a little bit about, you've dissected it, you've kind of struggled with it if you're a big Pistons fan, so I'm going to kind of angle it a little bit towards the positive, if you'll bear with me there, and talk about some of the positive news about the biggest enigma for the Pistons, showing some signs of life over the weekend, and for the negative people out there who all they want to do is talk about Kemba Walker, and that's fine, not to say that you're completely negative if you want to look too Uh, better your team, and that's the way you think the Pistons should be going about doing it. Looking into the future, we're going to talk about the Kemba Walker Walker trade rumors, which were in full force on Friday after I... Published the Friday podcast, we haven't had a chance to fully break that one down quite yet. But as I've been telling you, sports jerseys are expensive and have a short shelf life. The season you invest in one, you know that guy is getting traded soon. Rep the Squad is your answer for all of this. It's a mail-in jersey subscription service for authentic jerseys, not the cheap ones. It's genius, and Detroit is one of their initial markets. These guys are investing in the D. So switch between your favorite styles and stars whenever you'd like. Calvin Johnson, the platinum jersey. Stafford in blue. Stafford in white. The gray jerseys from the Bears game late in the season for the Lions as well. Andre Drummond in blue. Andre Drummond in white. Isaiah Thomas throwbacks. They are all on there. New jerseys arrive fresh and clean in two to three days. It's like the old Netflix system for authentic jerseys. It's the perfect... Thing for your kids who you know are going to be growing out of those ones anyway. You can cancel anytime. A great gift idea because because gift subscriptions are available. L-O-C-K-E-D LOCKED is the promo code for two weeks free. Again, promo code LOCKED at the website RepTheSquad.com. Support this podcast and enjoy this fine product, Rep The Squad, this season. The Pistons are now 22-23, that's right, under 500, a full game behind the Milwaukee Bucks for the final spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs right now. They return to action Wednesday at home against the Donovan Mitchell-led Utah Jazz in what could be a little bit of insult to injury on the five-game losing streak that the Pistons are on right now. The week will continue Saturday at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then Sunday at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers who are also struggling right now. And then a home-and-home with the Cavs actually continues on Tuesday in Cleveland on TNT against LeBron James and the soap opera that is the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. But Pistons lose on Sunday, 101-100 to against the Brooklyn Nets on a final second shot by familiar face Spencer Dinwiddie, the former Piston and the first draft pick for Stan Van Gundy, a second-rounder out of Colorado that has panned out but not for the Pistons with the Brooklyn Nets so far this season. Late game situations once again for the Pistons that they crumbled in. So much of that falls on the coaching decisions as we saw the Pistons finally learned from the loss that they took against the New Orleans Pelicans a little bit a couple weeks ago when they didn't have Luke Kennard on the court when they needed a three-pointer. They had Luke inbounding the ball when the Pistons needed a bucket late against the Nets on Sunday. He was on the court. He The final play, we'll never know what the Pistons drew up there because it was such a mess. First of all, Kennard had to call a timeout to get it in as he risked a five-second violation. Almost got called for it, actually. Threw it in. Langston Galloway, who was playing point guard offensively on the final possession, mishandled the ball, almost went out of bounds, and he hit a desperate save to Andre Drummond, who panicked and went to the hoop. I actually was watching it and audibly just kind of started laughing because I knew this was going to end Badly, because anytime Drummond takes the ball to the basket from behind the three-point line, he's just so messy and awkward with it that you knew it was going to be a disaster. Well, I was kind of right, because he definitely traveled, but he actually banked it home and got the bucket and looked like the Pistons were on their way to a victory with the 4.9 seconds left, took the one-point lead, and... I was actually laughing, kind of like just like how a couple of possessions ago when Ish Smith threw up that three-pointer, and he showed me why you should not be laughing there as he knocked it down for only his sixth three-pointer of the season. But the Pistons took the lead, and then this time Stan Van Gundy and the Pistons screwed up the defensive possession instead of the offense position on the ensuing play. and a timeout for some reason, Stan Van Gundy reinserts Ish Smith at the point guard position, what he's doing on the court with his size and defensive you know, limitations and the final seconds is anybody's guess. Certainly something I can't fathom, couldn't fathom on Sunday as well when I was watching it or this morning afterwards as well. But Spencer Dinwiddie in the revenge game, muscles-ish into the paint, Ish obviously wanted no part of that or couldn't handle it, and Andre comes over to help out, and to his credit, Dinwiddie makes a really tough shot to finish the full revenge game that he had, 22 points and five assists and five rebounds for the former draft pick for the Pistons. Also, my guy, Damari Carroll, who I told you on Friday's podcast, is someone the Pistons should consider trading for. He was excellent. He had 16 points and showed that he's remaking his value as an asset after being dumped off by the Toronto Raptors to the Nets in the offseason in kind of a salary-dump trade. But also for the Pistons in the loss, which, to their credit, they showed a lot of fight in the third and fourth quarters to come back after struggling in that second quarter. Actually struggling in the first quarter, falling behind by 10 points as the Nets took full advantage of a reeling Pistons team. But Tobias Harris led the way with 20 points. 18 for Stanley Johnson off the bench, 13 for Luke Kennard, another strong game for the Duke rookie. Drummond only ended up playing 26 minutes because of foul trouble, but again, had the game go-ahead basket late in the game and could have been a hero, if not, for the heroics of Spencer Dinwiddie. Going back to Friday night, you know, you know this as well, the Pistons lost their fourth of the five-game losing streak to the Washington Wizards. John Wall and Bradley Beal came to town and hung 122 points on the Pistons in a 122-112 to 112 defeat. For the Eastern Conference semifinalists from last season, the Pistons actually played really well in the first quarter, went up 15 early, but then fell down a bunch in the third quarter as Washington reeled off 45 points. And that stands the Pistons did strike back, getting it down to single digits for a little while, and uh, but couldn't get over the hump. 26 for Beal, who again I think is an All-Star so far this season. 17 for Tobias Harris, 16 for Luke Kennard, 15 and seven points. I'm sorry, 15 points and seven assists for Ish Smith and 11 for Anthony Tolliver in the loss for the Pistons who can't get out of their way right now. But I will tell you about the one polarizing Pistons player who can keep his head held high about his weekend performance, and maybe that's a good sign for the Pistons. You know who I'm talking about. But if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, then your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Lockdown Pistons is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. Tell your lady friends about this podcast. We should be having more of the female listeners besides my mom. But if, So if you want to reach those men between 18 and 44, then this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. So email me at matt-shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. Yes, sir! A little bit later on on Lockdown Pistons, we're going to be talking about the Kemba Walker trade rumors give you an update on the Charlotte point guard and whether he's going to be in the mix for the Detroit Pistons coming up soon, whether teams might be after him, and what are the trade rumors that popped up over the weekend regarding the Charlotte Hornets star. But got to give credit where credit is due here on Lockdown Pistons to the much maligned Stanley Johnson, an outstanding game on Sunday from him, and maybe he was listening when I suggested the Pistons trade him on Friday's podcast. And If you're listening, hi Stanley, how's it going? Good luck the rest of the way. He missed three games with that limber, lingering hip issue that he's had this season. I told you way back when he got it in the second week of the season that this would be a problem for him throughout the year, especially given the strengths of his game that rely on the lateral movement and his ability to get to the basket as well. Friday night, in his return to the lineup, he didn't play until the second half. It was strong offensively, when he, or strong defensively, when he did get back in there and knock down a big corner three-pointer to get the Pistons within striking distance. And then on Sunday, one of his finest games of the season. Maybe his top two or three best game of the year. He had a season high 18 points in 26 minutes. He was off early on his jump shot as we've seen many times from him before but he was bullying his way to the basket going through some of the younger Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets and then as his confidence picked up give credit to Greg Kelser on the telecast for pointing out that he got some of those easy ones and some of those free throws knocked down so he was able to get a little bit more confidence and knock down a crucial three-pointer as the Pistons continued their run to get back in the game and really he sparked that Pistons comeback and if they did Able to get that win, Spencer Dinwiddie's game winner notwithstanding, then Stanley Johnson would have been the biggest reason for that victory. Stanley's under contract for one more year as he's in his third season with the Pistons right now. He's in line for an extension this offseason, but there's not really any evidence that he's worth big dollars so far. But it could be an effective gamble if Stan Van Gundy wants to kind of re-sign him for cheap. We see with the Kemba Walker contract, the Steph Curry contract is another one that sometimes these young guys that struggle in their first couple years, sometimes you get them for that below-market extension a little bit, give them the financial security While maybe they blossom in their fourth, fifth, and sixth seasons, and now you have them for a nice little cheaper contract to become an asset or maybe a growing player for you guys. So it could be something that Stan thinks about this offseason, but maybe he wants to sit back and see one more year before he ties up his cap any more than he already has as the team president for the Pistons. After next year, Stanley Johnson can become a restricted free agent in the offseason after that, so the Pistons could have some competition for his services given that. But he's affordable for this season and next. He's still 21 years old. He's been confounding all season this year. Like I said, he's had three or four really good games and a couple other defensive efforts other than that. But the lingering injury uh, as part of it, of course, part of the the whole puzzle with Stanley Johnson, which is really a tough puzzle to crack for Pistons fans in this podcaster as time goes on, but he definitely has not produced like you hope the eighth pick of the draft would in his third season, albeit that was a really bad draft as we're looking back to that one three years ago. Stanley was not very good offensively his first year, but he was 19 then, but he's only gotten worse in time as you expect him to get better until some of the games he's had this year. His three-point shooting has stuck right around 30% this year, and he's looked so bad when he's off. I mean, his mechanics are strange. He just doesn't look like a... A, a polished offensive basketball player, really at any time, but especially when he's shooting his jump shot for most of his career. But his true shooting percentage right now, which takes into a point into account your three point shooting, is kind of part of the algorithm there. He's a career best 48 percent there. So there are some signs of improvement that he's had. But he had a little bit of a stretch, like I said, first ten games he wasn't as bad offensively as he was for the rest of the season. There's been signs of him being very effective defensively when he's been healthy. I think that's a little bit overblown. In some corners of Pistons fandom, but Pistons fans can only hope that this weekend is a good indication of things to come for Stanley the rest of the way, and if nothing else, it's important for him to play well over these next couple weeks leading up to the February 8th trade deadline as teams are no doubt scouting him, hoping to get that diamond in the rough right now, maybe buy low on a guy that the Pistons have a troubled history with, Stan Van Gundy with in the past, and maybe a guy that teams might think that they can pry from a desperate Van Gundy. Who, along with all these struggles might be wondering about his future in Motown as he's on the fourth year of his five year deal of running the Pistons. So maybe that Stanley Johnson carrot that he can throw out there could attract him a an asset going forward. And speaking of those assets, we're going to be talking about The biggest one out there in a kind of a dry trade market so far, rumor-wise, Kemba Walker. We'll talk about the report on Friday that listed that he is certainly available from the Charlotte Hornets and maybe what the Pistons could do if they're thinking about getting into the Kemba Walker sweepstakes. Pistons fans, you're probably also Lions fans, you should be listening to Lockdown Lions with Matt Derry, the daily podcast that's our brother podcast here on the Lockdown Network, so check him out there, you know him from Detroit Radio, and follow him all those social media challenges as well as the Lions look like there might be another couple of weeks before making it official with their... Supposed head coach in waiting and Matt Patricia, as he'll be taking the Patriots to the Super Bowl in Minnesota here in a couple weeks. You may have heard that they'll be headed to the Super Bowl once again, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles for some more Tom Brady and Bill Belichick stuff going forward. But speaking of juicy tidbits, the report on Friday from ESPN.com's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Dean of Basketball Writers says that Kimba Walker is definitely available from the Charlotte Hornets. A bidding war is likely to possibly ensue between a handful of teams, and it sounds like Kemba could be on his way out, although he sounds like he's kind of devastated about it. They talked to him on Friday at practice, and he says he doesn't want to be moved. But Charlotte might be looking to retool. They're kind of old, and they're kind of stuck in some salary cap hell with some of the bad draft picks and extensions and free agent pickups that they've made over the years. So Charlotte and Michael Jordan would want to attach a bad contract to Kemba, who's certainly an asset, but one of the only assets throughout the organization. Nick Batum is making $27 million a year three seasons from now. So um, up to He's building up to that player option from three years from now, and yes, he will take that player option. I can't see any universe where Nick Batum lives up to someone who doesn't want $27 million a couple years from now, but in addition to that bad deal, they've got Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. Those are bad draft picks they've had over the years that got extended and haven't worked out. So as we were talking about some of the stuff with Stanley Johnson possibly being a bargain extension can- bargain extension candidate, that's a cautionary table tale for some of the gambles that the Pistons or other teams could possibly make every summer with some of their uh, draft picks that are looking at free agency coming up in the coming years. But like I said, Kemba responded that he's devastated and doesn't really want to be moved. But like he's a, certainly an asset. He's got one year under contract after the season, He's making 12, 12 million this year and about 12 million next year as, as well. He'll be in line for a big extension this summer, but who isn't as far as some of these NBA players? Bill Simmons, the ringer, of formerly of ESPN uh, podcaster and also former sports writer, sports writer part time as well right now. He uh, dubs himself as the trade machine wizard. He threw out a four teamer on. Uh, Friday, I believe, that included about 20 players. It was kind of half joking, but uh, it was actually a pretty nice looking trade. It involved DeAndre Jordan and Tristan Thompson changing teams as well. But in that tra- trade, the Pistons would give up Reggie Jackson, Avery Bradley, Luke Kennard, Henry Ellenson, Boban. And they'd be getting a draft pick from Cleveland. Not the Brooklyn pick, but the Cleveland draft pick as well. And ended up getting Kemba Walker and also stuck with the deals for Batum and Cody Zeller as well. So that's the kind of thinking that you might have to have out there. A cleaner trade that might be out there between just the two teams, the Hornets and the Pistons, could include... Reggie Jackson, because you got to match up that salary. The Pistons are going to have to throw some money the Charlottes way if they're going to get the $12 million deal from Kemba, and especially a lot more if they're going to pick up one of those other, um, you know, more worse contracts that the Charlotte Hornets might be throwing that way. Avery Bradley might be a candidate for that trade. As, as you, he would match up the salary. He's making about $8 million this year. But also he's expiring this offseason to clear up cap room, so that might be... Um, kind of something that the Hornets might covet as a team trying to clear some of their cap situation. But Bradley's more of an asset to a better team like Cleveland or someone like that who wants to be competitive this year but also might be enticed by the expiring deal that Bradley has in case LeBron leaves and they have to start over in the offseason or something like that. But you might have to throw Reggie or something and probably – You probably, in addition to Reggie, would have to give up two of the three best assets that the Pistons have outside of Tobias Harris and Andre Drummond, however you feel about them being assets or neutral or whatever. But the two of the three assets that include Stanley Johnson, Luke Kennard, and a first-round draft pick going forward. Now, obviously, they have all of their first-round draft picks going forward, so that could be in many years. If Charlotte wants to gamble on the Pistons imploding, maybe they want that pick two or three years from now, as opposed to this year, where they're probably somewhere in the middle of the first round, regardless of how this 2nd half. Half of the season goes. So uh, maybe if you're taking on more dead salary from the Hornets, you might have to throw worse contracts that the Pistons have their way to give up or match it up in that deal. But if you're able to take on maybe some more of that dead money and you take a worse contract and you're giving up when you're talking about the Bobans, the Langston Galloways, the John Lures of the world, if you're giving away. A worse contract than or a better contract than you're getting so if you're getting the worst of that contract maybe you have to give up less assets to acquire Kemba so instead of maybe two or three of the Stanley Luke first round draft pick combinations maybe it just becomes one of those guys and possibly a second half asset being maybe like a Henry Ellenson type who's not maybe has the potential, still a cheap player, and could possibly turn into a legitimate NBA player down the road. So there's there's all sorts of machinations. Pistons Twitter, if you want to follow some of those guys, they're throwing up trade machine stuff and trade rumors out there. But this is definitely more of a real possibility than it was a few days ago when Charlotte even being half interested in giving up Kemba wasn't something that was really quite believed but when Woj came out with this report on Friday obviously this was floated by the Charlotte organization to kind of get word out there that they're trying to start up some kind of bidding war and maybe they've already decided to possibly move on from him this next couple weeks so possibly the Pistons are one of those teams that would be interested in for him and there's a bunch of other teams that are like the Pistons who are in the middle class of the NBA and might want an upgrade in the backcourt to kind of move up into the you know top third of the NBA so to speak. Uh, but obviously we know the Warriors are the team to beat throughout the NBA league. And then you got teams like San Antonio and Houston and Boston and possibly Cleveland and Toronto if they get their crap together down in LeBron land. But you know, maybe in that next level there's teams who are thinking about upgrading the backcourt and maybe sacrificing some of their future assets or helping the Charlotte Hornets clear out some of their cap sheet. So, you know, there's competition. They're going to be out there for Kemba Walker if the Pistons want to get involved. Some of that might – and, and San, San Van Gundy confirmed to uh, – some reporters that it'd be something they would look at. Rod Beard took it a step further and had a source within the organization said that they would be looking at it certainly. So they're at least somewhat interested. And who knows? You know, some of these things kind of happen out of nowhere, especially with Stan Van Gundy on the trade front. But competition might include the San Antonio Spurs. They're kind of between point guards right now with an aging Tony Parker and Deontay Murray, who they just announced is going to be starting in case. In, Uh, Parker's stead going forward, but he might not be quite ready to assume the mantle in the playoffs at age 21, and if he gets the start here in these next few games, maybe that's what Greg Popovich is doing, is throwing him in there now and seeing if he's quite ready and maybe thinking about pulling the trigger on a Kemba Walker move, kind of putting his cards out there and seeing what he's got with his team going forward. He's 21 years old, Murray is, so maybe he's ready, maybe he's not. Maybe that remains to be seen in the Kawhi Leonard situation that obviously plays into any kind of... You know, short-term or long-term move that the Spurs are thinking about right now. Kawhi's out indefinitely with the injury that's been sidelining him throughout pretty much all of the season so far. He's only played a handful of games for San Antonio. And then, of course, anytime a New Yorker is mentioned in trade rumors, the Knicks are brought up, especially with the point guard lineage of the city. So It's New York, and uh, they're thrown in there as well. That's home for Kemba Walker. He grew up in Brooklyn, although I will add that he's got some St. Croix roots from the U.S. Virgin Islands. His mom is from St. Croix, so shout out to the VI, another guy from my spot in the Caribbean that is making it big on the big scene there in the kind of the route and, uh, you know, under the next level of the Tim Duncan lineage that has been Uh, the Virgin Islands' biggest name and staple over these past many years. I used to live there, so I'm a big VI guy. But uh, Kemba Walker had those heroics in the Big East Tourney at Madison Square Garden. That's something that gets talked about. A lot with him as well. So, a lot of big news out there, and we'll keep you posted on the podcast as it comes up with Kemba Walker. I know I've kind of poo pooed his possibility of coming to Detroit in the past, but time to take it seriously here as it could possibly be happening for a Pistons team who needs an upgrade or needs a new direction or needs something because, as we've seen through this five game slide with losses. At home to Charlotte, on the road to Chicago, to the Brooklyn Nets. Some of the dredges of the NBA have been knock dregs of the NBA have been knocking off the Pistons lately, so not a lot to be excited about for the rest of the season. So they might need a move and, and maybe a bigger one than did Mari Carroll move or some of the others that I've tossed out there in these last couple of weeks on the podcast. But also from the podcast, know that I'm asking you to rep the squad. Use promo code LOCKED to sign up for two weeks free of the jersey subscription service. Those guys were mentioned in an ESPN.com article Monday morning from Darren Ravel, who's talking about Fanatics, kind of adopting that business model for some of the jerseys they've already sent. But Rep the Squad, those guys were first, and they've been on the ball with that already throughout the inception of their business. It's the place to go for authentic jersey subscription service. Get one for your kid, get one for your um, someone that you're looking for a gift for as well. Again, locked for two weeks free of the Jersey Subscription Service. They took a chance on us, they've taken a chance on Detroit, and so we should recognize them for those efforts. Now, we're going to be a couple more exciting guests coming up this week that I'm Really thrilled to talk about. We'll be having them on later on in the week, so a little bit of tease there for the rest of Lockdown Pistons week. But you should be following the Lockdown NBA Network at Lockdown NBA Net, and you should be also following us on Twitter at my account and also at Lockdown Pistons. My account can be found at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H. Another underscore after that, the Lockdown Pistons Facebook page, Lockdown pistons dash matt shook as well join the conversation on there so thanks for listening everyone lots to digest but we'll be talking to you all soon as the pistons try to rebound they'll be be rebound they'll be back in action wednesday at home against donovan mitchell yes we will be talking about donovan mitchell and the angst that that brings pistons fans to going forward quite a player so far for the jazz and the pistons missed out on him but we'll talk to you soon everyone have a good one.